When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we took a little took a little hiatus in the wake of the Yankees season ending. We got our season-ending podcast out of the way, which was very sad. Um, of course, you know, number one on your list was not bring back Aaron Boone and what happened the very next day, Aaron Boone. Well, I think they should also not bring back Brett Gardner, so. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what you think. Uh, well, this is episode 118 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and as always, Astoria, Queens' premier bar, Rivercrest NYC. The big news of the day, obviously, Brett Gardner is no longer a Yankee. He's a free agent. Well, he's a free agent, and let's be honest, I don't think he's going to play for any other team. So either he's going to retire or they're going to decide on a more, you know, more reasonable deal, I guess. Yeah, well, Gardner turned down $7.5 million dollars. And of course, the Yankees could have also bought him out of that contract for one fifteen. And I think if they had decided to just pick up his player option anyway, it was one of those joint option deals. I think it was two fifteen. So I'm assuming that Brett Gardner has done the math here, and he thinks either he's going to get more than seven million, which is unlikely because then the Yankees would have exercised that two million dollar deal, and or you know maybe four mil. Is four mil too much for Brett Gardner? I don't know. Never. Never? Never. never. Obviously, you would never say that any amount of money was too much for Brett Gardner. And I know that's that's only the big news of the week to us. I feel like everybody else is more or less not cared about it. And I love that pretty much any time Brett Gardner comes up in our, our famous Louisa gang group chat, this is the only time you chime in. You don't chime in for anything else, but if Brett Gardner's <laughs> name gets thrown around, it's like a little alarm goes off in your head. Like oh, someone's talking about Brett Gardner. I got to check the group chat. I have, I have pretty severe guardy sense. Like I know when people are talking about him, but I will tell you, I don't participate in that group chat much because so much is going on and it's just all throughout the day. So I don't always have the time to, but alas, when those things happen or like, when people share super exciting career news and stuff like that, I have to comment on it. But beyond that, when it's anything Brett Gardner, I'm there. You know where to find me. Of course, that's you are the premier Brett Gardner fan. This, this is you. This is you. And it's got to make you a little bit nervous thinking that there might be a possibility Brett Gardner's not on the Yankees next year. I don't know if if we're looking at the outfield as it's set up right now. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Joey Gallo, Aaron Hicks is going to be back. So... I don't know. Maybe it's Brett Gardner, the fourth outfielder. Okay. Well, we're guess we're going to guarantee that somebody gets hurt because obviously he's going to play 140 games again. Yeah, I know. When you sign Brett Gardner, you're basically signing him on to be a regular season player. Just every single game. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. My cat is going nuts. Um, but anyway, my apologies. No one can see it, but yeah, when you sign Brett Gardner on, you know, that he is, more than just a role player he is going to be a player player because that's just always how his magic works out i don't i don't know why i don't know how but it does yeah because we haven't signed brett gardner to be a starting outfielder in like three years we haven't wanted him to be the starting outfielder for three years and yet every year there he is starting in center (laughs) field almost every single day it it's infuriating honestly a little bit it's a little bit infuriating because you know, it'd be nice to have Aaron Hicks healthy. That'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. It'd be nice for John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge to stay healthy. It'd be nice for Mike Tockman when we still had him to stay healthy or Clint Frazier mm-hmm. and not Miguel Andujar. I'm not putting Miguel Andujar in the outfielder category because yeah. that was just, that was a mistake. 
that was a big mistake. It was an experiment, and they realized that it was a mistake. Yeah, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe we looked at another outfielder, another bench player instead of Brett Gardner. There's going to be nobody options. Quite like Brett Gardner, I'm just saying. No, there's nobody quite like Brett Gardner. Do know. you think? Do you think he would go to another team? Do you think if the Yankees decide to go somewhere else for their bench outfielders, do you think Brett Gardner would go to another team? I think he wants to play. I, I think he's in a tough position because you know that he wants to play. I mean, that he's made that very, very obvious. He wants to play and he wants to be a part of a team. He wants to be out there. However, at the same time, he's also made it very clear that the Yankees organization is something incredibly special to him. Obviously, he's been there for, what, 14 years? His whole career. So he's whole career. Yeah. I mean, he's been there for a very, very long time. So it's really hard to imagine him going to another team and he probably sees it the same way but at the same time I guess he has to decide whether or not the alliance to the Yankees is more important than actually getting out there and playing more if he feels like he can play more I feel like he would sign with another team and right now I'm not freaking out because maybe I'm too overly confident but like I just feel like the Bronx and Brett Gardner are just synonymous there's no other there's nothing else that can happen there just in my eyes. But if he goes elsewhere, let it be known that I will watch every game. I will still do guardy parties and I will clearly order a Jersey because I need to support my man. Of course. Of course. And I just, just from the Yankees perspective, I mean, doesn't make a ton of sense to bring Brett Gardner back. Does it? Cause you've got injury Only concerns in the cheap, outfield. Cheap, cheap. You know, but I even mean, if even if it's cheap, 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 you know, you got Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and Aaron Hicks out there. Those are three guys who very well could get injured. Those are big bodies, and and Aaron Hicks has had plenty of struggles with injuries, and John Carlos Stanton plenty of struggles with injuries. Judge a, a few fluky injuries here and there, so you're pretty confident yeah. in him. So whoever you get to be that fourth outfielder, they're gonna play. They're gonna play mm-hmm. regularly, even if it's just you know, getting guys rest, they're probably going to play, you know, two or three games a week, just getting guys days off. And do you sure. want it to, do you want it to be Brett Gardner? Do you want it to be somebody else? If you're the Yankees, maybe, maybe there's someone else on the free agent market where you're like, well, they're not that much more expensive than a Brett Gardner would be, but the value they're going to bring back that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the defensive thing with Brett Gardner, even at this advanced stage, he's still, you know, an elite defender. He can play center field, he can play left field uh, really well. And, can you find another guy on the free agent market for a, a similar value who brings good enough defense where you're not losing that in the outfield, but also it's a significant offensive upgrade over Brett Gardner, who is not a good hitter last year. He got hot for a little while at the end, but he was he not did, a good yeah. hitter. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, he definitely proved to be one of their hotter hitters, but yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. The Yankees have to literally ask themselves is, They have to take that value. Plus you have the value of Brett Gardner just being a clubhouse guy, being a a funny guy, apparently not to Garrett Cole, but to other people, um, funny, you know, break the ice a little bit, just, just have a good attitude in the clubhouse and really be a huge big time team player. So, I mean, you have to weigh those options as well. So of course they're going to look elsewhere. I totally understand that too. And I know Brett Gardner totally understands that he gets it. Yeah. That, but, that Garrett Cole thing that made me think that made yeah. me think, cause we know doesn't that it? Brett Gardner is the prank King and yeah, I'm sure everybody knows, but for anyone who doesn't know in the wake of the foreign substance crackdown, Brett Gardner thought it would be funny to parade around the clubhouse in a hat full of pine tar on it, just covered a hat in pine tar and ran around the clubhouse. Uh, according to Bob Clappich, who I don't know if we can take him seriously, because, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of it felt like a hit piece. That's what it felt like. It felt like a hit piece on yeah. Garrett Cole. Um, but <laughs> apparently Garrett Cole didn't like it very much. And, and he got in Gardy's mm-hmm. face and, and was mad about it. So I'm starting to think maybe just maybe Brett Gardner is not only the prank king, but an actual bully. And that is why Clint Frazier and Tyler Wade haven't panned out yet. Not because they're not because, you know, oh, Clint Frazier's head injury. And yeah, I'm sure that has something to do with it, by the way, or Tyler Wade, not because Tyler Wade's just bad. No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. it's because they have been too scared to say, no, Brett, I don't think that's funny. Stop pranking me. Stop moving my car. Stop trying to steal my car and move it and get me the wrong key. Stop trying to do that. 
Maybe if Brett Gardner leaves, Tyler Wade becomes a 300 hitter. Clint Frazier comes back, hits 25 home runs, and he's the fourth outfielder. Maybe all we need is for Brett Gardner to leave to get some locker room chemistry. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. No, um, probably not that. <laughs> I mean, obviously that story, I, I heard um, <clears throat> I heard multiple people speak, you know, saying that Garrett Cole, you know, overreacted, but at the same time, people are like, ah, no, Brett, it's too soon, you know, things like that. I want to so know who spilled the story. Hear, right, so you definitely hear, like, both sides of the story. So you don't really know what actually happened, but at the same time, I mean... I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think Brett Gardner is the issue here. But you know what? If they want to try and be like, you know what? Maybe we're done with him. Maybe we just need to re re embrace the youth movement. Um, you know, send him off on his uh, on his way into the sunset. But I just I really don't feel like we've seen the last of Brett Gardner, whether it is in pinstripes or elsewhere. The Phillies. I mean, I you know. Yeah, if, the Phillies, if the Reds, I don't really know. Yeah, if Brett Gardner was going to retire, I don't think he would have, you know, declined this player option and the Yankees have right. declined his player option. I think it would have been more of a like, okay, I'm ready to hang it up. And, you know, mm-hmm. legally, I have to decline the player option, but it, it would have been more of a, okay, like I'm ready to hang it up. You know, it's it's been a great career for the Yankees. It's time for, for me to move on. It's time for them to move on. It's just the right time to, you know, break up this tandem and I don't want to play for anyone else. I think he still wants to play. I think he still wants to play. And and at this point, if the Yankees don't bring him back, it's not like you can retire in March and be like, oh, well, they signed another outfielder. So I guess I'm retiring. No, because somebody yeah. else will sign you. Somebody else will take a chance on you right. and say, we just want to, even if it's just to get that veteran leadership, that mm-hmm. classic buzzword, veteran leadership in the clubhouse, just have a guy who has been there and done that. And, you know, tell us how the Yankees go about their business. Cause we want to try to go about our business the same way you know, yeah. that that has value. That has value. And Brett Gardner you know, will sign somewhere. I think quite honestly, I do feel like this year it made a huge difference that Brett Gardner was the only person left in that clubhouse that had um, won a world series with the Yankees, you know, before that, obviously you had like CC Sabathia too. So it seemed like there were multiple veteran leaders, like to be honest, I felt like Brett Gardner was the only veteran leader. And then, you know, Aaron judge was working his way up to doing that. Um, and, you know, definitely grew in many ways this season, especially, but it just felt like that was the only source of veteran leadership that they had. So I don't know. He just seemed like he was doing it all himself or trying to do it all himself. And it wasn't working. Yeah. Now the elder statesmen of the Yankees are, mm-hmm. you know, Garrett Cole, Aaron judge, yeah. Um, let's say even John Carlos Stanton, he's been around, he's been around the block a few times. Right. Um, I'm right. excited for him next year too. If he stays healthy all year again, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, but that pretty much brings us to what we're going to talk about today and probably for the next two months until the CBA gets worked out. Cause none of this is going to start until the new CBA is in place. Cause I, I, how could you do free agency if you don't know what Major League Baseball's financial structure is going to be. You can't do it. You can't do it. And, and teams are making decisions on stuff like player, like options, right. team options, mm-hmm. player options. Those decisions are being made, but yeah. no one's going to sign for a long time. So let's have the very first of our free agent discussions that are going to last at least two months. Okay. The number one position on everybody's mind, shortstop. Let's take Trevor Story out of the mix because I read earlier today that the Yankees are not really enamored with Trevor story. They don't really like Trevor story that much. So let's narrow it down. Carlos I'm, Correa. I'm certainly okay with that though. Certainly. Okay. With that. Yeah. Carlos I like Correa story. or Corey Seager. Great guy, great player, but you know, just didn't feel it was right. No. And, and definitely the worst of the three, you know, quote unquote elite shortstops out yeah. there. And let's, let's also, you know, throw in Javi Baez, throw in, I don't think Javi Baez is a good option for them, but throw in Angelton Simmons just as, you know, if, if, you whiff on Correa, you whiff on Seager. Um, I, I don't think they would ever even put in an offer on Story, to be honest, because Story's going to get, you know, not a not a mega deal like Carlos Correa, but he's going to get like probably eight or nine year deal. I could see that for Trevor Story pretty easily. Um, and I don't think the Yankees are going to be the ones that are offering that. But, you know, maybe an Andrelton Simmons, maybe a Javi Baez. Let's put them on the back burner. Let's narrow it down. Carlos Correa or Corey Seager, who do you want? 
I just hate Carlos Correa. I hate him as a person. I mean, I hope he listens to this because I, I don't like him as a person. I don't like him as a ball player. In fact, I cringe every time he makes a play just because I feel like he's so full of himself. And you know what? He's a great player. He really is. He's got all the skills. He checks all the boxes. It's just, I don't know about, I don't know. I just don't like him. I mean, I feel like I'm going with Seeger by default. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And there, obviously there are a lot of hard feelings towards Carlos Correa for what happened in 2017. But I think, first, I, first of all, I agree. I, I think Carlos Correa is a weirdo. I think he's a weird guy. And, and I'm not really too excited to have Carlos Correa, the person on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But he's so good, man. He's so good. Well, I mean, listen to this. You know, I, I guess one of the big things you have to think about is, is obviously where you're going to allocate the money. So, you know, the Yankees never try, never try and go over the, um, the luxury tax. It's just, you know, they're trying not to. Um, it's just been a theme, of course, for the Yankees. So what are you anticipating that Correa is going to get? I mean, he's probably going to get around three over 300 million definitely over 300 million i would i would honestly put him around the i I don't know if he quite gets fernando tatis jr money because that was an extension for a 22 year old so it's you know it's that's got all the extra years attached to it but you know i i think he probably gets more than garrett cole did i think he he probably player yeah i I would say Maybe maybe something along the lines of the Bryce Harper contract, maybe a little more than the, you know, what was Bryce Harper? Thirteen years, three hundred thirty million total. Yeah. I, I yeah. could I could see that for Carlos Correa, something something like that. I mean, he's he's young, he's a young guy, it's, so it's not like you know you're really right. It's it's not I mean, like you're worried about those back years so early. Yeah. He's twenty seven. You're not years worried old. about the back years, but you have to worry about you have to worry about the future in general. I mean just thinking about those, those parts around, like one person does not make a team. So, you know, I'm, I'm always against the mega contracts. I really am. I, I feel like there are some They're players. So that tough. They're so tough. They're so tough, but it's just, you just have to really sit and think like, yes, shortstop is a huge, huge need right now, but what else is a huge need? What do they need? Do they need like a, uh, I mean, I know they have a role to Chapman, of course, but like, do they actually need a top tier closer? What else do they need to fit into their, um, to fit into their lineup? They need to re-sign Anthony Rizzo. Are they going to have enough money to do that? You know, what's, what really are they looking at? Yeah, the, the Anthony Rizzo, we'll talk about that in a second, because that's an interesting case. Um, mm-hmm. Just to go back to Correa and Seager. Mm-hmm. The difference for me, I, I I like Corey Seager a lot. I like him a lot. And I think the difference for me is that Corey Seager doesn't play whole seasons. He doesn't. He gets hurt. He's injury prone. And he's just, he's not that good defensively. He'd and fit I, in I've great had, then. He'd fit yeah, in he, great. exactly. He'd fit in great. And, you know, you, you hear you got Volpe, our top prospect is a shortstop. You know, when he comes up, you can figure out what to do with him. You can put him at third, you can put him at second. You, you know, you figure that out if he's ends up being the real deal, which you can't bet on. I hate doing that. I right. hate betting on prospects to come up and, and just be the real deal because it's a different game up here. And we've seen it a million times that the top overall prospect comes up and just doesn't make an impact. I mean, it happened with Jared Kelnick this year for the Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners, and he just he didn't make an impact after all the time we spent in the off season screaming, give me one reason why this guy is not on the opening day roster. And there wasn't a reason at the time because he had hit it at every level that he'd ever played at. And all of a sudden he gets major league baseball. It's not the same. It's not the same. So it's, you know, I don't want to bet on those prospects. I don't want to bet on them when we're sitting here with the resources that the Yankees have a year after resetting the luxury tax and we have two proven commodities at shortstop. Carlos Correa, who is, I would say, far and away the better player and, and plays every day and great defensively. He's just far and away better. And Corey Seager, who's a possibly a better hitter at times than Carlos Correa. Their, their hitting skills are, are pretty similar. 
Corey Seager, lefty. We like that. But defensively, it's going to be like watching Glaber Torres out there again. And eventually, you're going to have to move him to third base. And we're going to have the same problem all over again. We got to go get a shortstop. We got to go get a shortstop. And we haven't had a, a consistent shortstop since D.D. Gregorius. It's tough. That's tough. And let's, you know, I'd love to D.D. as much as anybody, but let's not go out on a limb and say D.D. was a superstar. He wasn't. He I was mean, very good. Season home runs, though. Oh. Yeah, no, that he had some really so great many moments. Good memories. Really great moments as a Yankee, and I will always appreciate yeah. him for those moments and and the defense that he brought. But you know, especially looking back now, not resigning him, blessing, an absolute blessing because he hasn't been good since since he yeah. left the Yankees. And right. maybe some of that has to do with the short porch. He got a, a lot of extra power in that swing because of the short porch and. Yeah, we just we haven't had that dude at shortstop. That dude who, you know, Derek Jeter is obviously a Yankees legend, but he was also the only guy in the last when did he retire? 2013, 2014? 2014. 2014, he retired. Yep, 2014. Nobody who has come up as a shortstop for the Yankees since 2014 has been even close to being pointed at and saying. That's the long-term option. We haven't had that. And I don't want to bet on Volpe. I don't want to bet on Peraza to just come up and take over and be that next level. So I want one of these guys. I want one of them. I don't want Anderson Simmons. I don't want Javi Baez. I don't want any other shortstops. I want Carlos Correa or I want Corey Seager. Carlos Correa is the better player. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, But he is a weirdo. I'm going to agree. He's a weirdo. Just just to be fair, though, in general, I mean, the Yankees, really haven't had those options coming up through the system where they're like, that is the long-term besides Aaron judge and besides Luis Severino. Not, yeah, not really, in a few years. And, and let's, right. let's those throw Gary really, Sanchez in there too. Cause Gary Sanchez for, you know, yeah. his shortcomings, he's been one of the better offensive catchers. And, and if you combine his entire career, including 2016, so 2017, you know, you're, you're looking at probably the best catcher in baseball offensively. If you combine those two really good years and, and mm-hmm. you know, these, two or three not so great years probably still the best offensive catcher in baseball so let's throw him in that conversation too but you're right we've seen other guys come up justice sheffield he didn't have it chance adams he ain't have it but chance adams was more injury related and and, you know he lost a lot of his fastball velocity and and his breaking ball stuff because of injuries you know but he came up and he didn't have it right now jason dominguez that's the only guy who i'm like i'm circling him and being like i have full confidence in this guy because everybody in the world says he's God. Everybody, everybody who knows more than I do says Jason Dominguez is God. And so I'm going to, I'm going to bank on that, but Volpe coming into the year, wasn't a top prospect. He wasn't what he became this year. And that's great for him. He improved, but are you going to bet on it long-term? No. So go get a shortstop. Yeah. I mean, those, those long-term options just really haven't been there. And quite honestly, they haven't been there for quite a few years. I mean, the farm system used to be jacked up. Like it really did. And I think in a way too, it still is pretty talented. It's just, we're not hearing as much about these guys or we're hearing too much about these guys and they're coming up and they are just way below expectations of, you know, what we're being hyped up for. If you kind of understand what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that also comes with the New York market because Yankee fans are such a rabid fan base and are so intense that we give a shit. We care. We care about the minor leaguers. If you're, you know, if you're sitting in Detroit, right? Actually, Detroit's a bad example because they only have minor leaguers uh, right now. Also, Detroit Tigers, a player for Carlos Correa because of A.J. Hinch. We got Spencer Torkelson coming up in a few years. It's not bad. It's not a bad situation. Let's say say the Kansas City Royals. Mm -hmm. What about the Kansas City Royals is exciting? Nothing. What about their farm system is exciting? I have no idea. Because no one talks about it because it's the Kansas City Royals. It's not the New York Yankees where you know, I could just walk down the street in the Bronx and ask somebody to name the Yankees top 15 prospect list and give me their scouting reports. 50-50 chance that person can do it. They can probably do it. I feel like I haven't watched the Yankees play at it's what Kauffman Stadium, right? Yeah. I feel like I haven't watched them play in Kauffman Stadium since like 2005. I don't know why it's just <laughs> in my head. I'm like, they just haven't been there. Honestly, you know me. I watch just about as much baseball as anybody. 
I can't recall the last time I watched a Royals game, not because I was like avoiding the Royals specifically, but like right, a team right. that I would actually want to watch, like the Seattle Mariners. I liked watching the Mariners this year. No idea if, when they play the Royals. The Toronto Blue Jays haven't seen a single game at Coffin Stadium. I mean, Salvador Perez was good this year. There were a lot of Salvador right, exactly. Perez highlights. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what That's does that place look like? Literally the again? only name I know from there. Yeah, what does Them that place look like again? Whit Merrifield, the guy that every Yankee fan oh, wants yeah, yeah, because yeah. They, they heard he was good like three years ago. And they were like, oh, he must be the answer at second base for us. Well, that's that's a Yankees mindset right there. You know, take the guy that's three years past his prime and just be like, yeah. we're done. That's I it. don't even know. Whit Merrifield might still be good. It was just he had a, a really good 2018 or 2019. I'm going to look up his stats for, for this year because I'm just curious. But I know the thing that Yankee fans loved about him is that he's he makes a lot of contact. He he gets yeah. a lot of contact. Oh, yeah. Didn't do it this year, though. Whoo. Oh, boy. That's that's just about that's a dog shit year right there. Uh, 91 OPS plus yikes, 277 batting average, but only 395 slug. That's mm -hmm. yeah, that's not great. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think Whit Merrifield's the answer. <laughs> don't think I'll be tuning into any games at Kauffman stadium to see him either. Who's the GM over there? Is it, uh, Ryan Stashman or something? <laughs> I have no idea. How do you, how do you even have any idea? <laughs> I just made that up. I oh, okay. Just, I took Brian Cashman's name and oh, I changed okay. the letters, you dummy. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, like, how on earth do you know the Kansas City Royals general right. manager? You By know, the way, it's, never, it's JJ I Piccolo. I've watched a game there since 2005, and I just casually know their general manager off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. I mean, they did win the World Series in 2015, and just mm -hmm. one of those recent say, examples yeah. of bad teams winning the World Series. I got to tell you, though. I do have um, a friend here in uh, in Syracuse, and he is a huge, just like trivia guy, he loves trivia. So for the longest time, he was able to name every World Series winner from back to like 1950. Like That's, he would just back to 1950 is a long time. I could probably yeah. do back to like 2000, and even right, then it'd exactly. be like it'd be like hit or miss. As I, and right. I know the Giants won, you know, three and six years on the even years, but yeah, who won yeah. in 2011? Can't quite remember. Uh, I can tell you who won in 2005, and it was the Chicago White Sox. Don't ask me how I know that, and don't ask me why 2005 is just ingrained in my brain. I don't know. I know that because they played the Houston Astros, and the Houston Astros were in the National League. That's the I only reason I remember that. I used to have a subscription to uh, Baseball Digest, the little, uh, the little, the little book, magazine. the little magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have that. And I, I just remember the cover for that one because I was like, wow, they look like they're having a great time. Why can't the Yankees do that again? <laughs> well, I mean, they did in 2009. So you got your wish a few years later. Yeah. It's just the Yankees, the Marlins. I don't remember who won in 2002. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never Angels. There. the Angels in 2002. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that. It's far as I'm concerned. I got the, you. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned for the Los Angeles angels at that time, the Anaheim angels, or possibly even the California Angels. I don't remember when they changed from California to Anaheim. They've never won anything. They've never won a single game in their entire mm -hmm. existence. Never, I also never do once. have to tell you, I have so many vivid, vivid memories of October evenings watching the Yankees play at 10 o'clock, um, the Angels, and just Sean fucking Figgins just always getting on base. <laughs> That is a name. That's a name that I haven't heard in at least 15 years. I don't know why he's just that guy. Like, you know how everyone is like, there's one pesky player on each team. Just every time I hear the word pesky, I'm like, Sean Biggins. <laughs> and it's spelled Chone, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I, I haven't heard that name in 15 years. That's whew, that was, that's a deep dive right there. Yeah, That's a deep yeah. dive. Um, yeah. Let's, let's refocus, refocus on the Yankees though. Okay, we talked shortstop. You want Corey Seager. I tentatively want Carlos Correa. I want, uh, you know, it's, he's the best player. Wide. And also, you know, what he's what he did is not nearly as bad as what some other players on the Yankees have done. That's an argument for Carlos Correa. We'll, we'll see. Um, first base. This is an interesting one because I would very much like to have Anthony Rizzo back. I think Anthony Rizzo was fantastic, but. It's a very big butt. 
he is going to cost a lot of money, a lot of money for a lot of years. And he is already into his thirties. So if we're looking at like a seven or eight year deal for him, he turns down, I think, what was it? Five years, 70 million from the Cubs of an extension and a place that he was a a literal hero and, and a place I was at the time committed to winning. Still, he turned that down. So I would imagine the Yankees have to beat five years, 70 million to get Anthony Rizzo on the open market. I would guess he ends up somewhere in like the seven year, maybe 120, 130, something like that. That's a very long commitment for a lot of money. When you have Luke Voigt just sitting there. Hmm. Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu. Let's not forget about him. He can well, play first base, even though mm-hmm. you know you lose a lot of value because DJ LeMahieu is not a power bat and he's very good defensively at second base. So you're going to lose a lot of the value of having DJ LeMahieu if you play him at first base because he just he doesn't stack up at that position offensively or defensively. But you have Luke Voigt there, who almost won MVP in 2020 was injured pretty much all of 2021, lost his job to Anthony Rizzo because he wasn't playing. We needed a first baseman. So we went out, we got Anthony Rizzo. After the season, when asked about Luke Voigt, Brian Cashman says, we like Luke, but we're trying to get more athletic and more contact oriented. Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like they don't want to keep Luke Voigt. Right. But I mean, Anthony Rizzo is expensive. Yes. And he's Luke Boyd has had a lot of injuries just overall in general. Um, and they're not small ones. I mean, he had a hernia that he had to have surgery on. He tore his meniscus and his knee and then the foot just stuff. over. Right. That's that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Foot stuff. Just a lot of different things and a lot of big things, too. Like not just, you know, oh, general soreness, structural stuff, nothing. structural right. stuff where you're like, you're like, okay, like it sounds that's like Luke Voigt has a worse body than I have right now. And that's a bad sign. Right. And I think with Anthony Rizzo, and here's the thing that you have to think about as well. The Yankees over the years, especially recently, have not had that defensive first baseman. They really haven't. Nope. I mean, Greg Bird was there, but he was injured as well. He also wasn't um, that great defensively. Right. He was, exactly. he was average. He was average defensively. I'll give right, him that. Exactly. And I think for years, the Yankees were just getting average production out of their first baseman um, defensively, not necessarily offensively. Because um, obviously Luke Voigt was, I think, what, 22 home runs in the um, in the 2020 season? which was Yeah, he great. came pretty close to winning the, the home run crown that year. Right. I, I think he lost by two or something. Right. I think, I think the big thing is the Yankees really have to think, do they want – a stud defensive first baseman or do they want to just ride out what they have right now you know wait a while see who comes up through the system you know kind of do that but I, I just think now is the time to actually get that in place I feel like it's really important yeah and, and I'll say this for Anthony Rizzo we didn't see the best that Anthony Rizzo has to offer Mm-mm. in 2021 and Anthony Rizzo hits a lot of fly balls from the left side. That's, you know, he, he hits as many fly balls as anyone in baseball. He hits just about as hard as anyone in baseball. The one thing that he does that isn't analytically driven, let's say, he's he doesn't walk a ton. He doesn't t- walk a ton, but he also doesn't strike out a lot. And it's kind of, you know, you're trading off that, that on-base percentage for not batting average alone, but the type of swings that you're getting for Anthony Rizzo that you expect that, especially in Yankee stadium, as opposed to Wrigley fields, some of those fly balls that are outs in Wrigley, those are going to leave the ballpark here. And you're also going to get that great defense. And he's a, a veteran guy who's been around, you know, he's been around forever. Everybody loves him. Everyone in the clubhouse loved him this year. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to getting some, you know, if reporters get clubhouse access again next year, uh, some Lindsay Adler stories about Anthony Rizzo. I think that's going to be fantastic. If we bring him back, I, if Luke Voigt and Anthony Rizzo cost the same amount of money, it's Anthony Rizzo a hundred times out of a hundred for me, a hundred times out of a hundred, but Luke Voigt is probably going to get $5 million next year because he's arbitration eligible and the Yankees could very well just non-tender him and just don't offer him a contract at all. Um, is that wise? No, I don't. I think he's got trade value, but Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I think if the Yankees are serious about winning and steadily improving their team, they have to keep Anthony Rizzo. I, I would I would tend to agree with you. And I don't think there's anyone else on the first base market besides Freddie Freeman, who's going to re-sign with the Atlanta Braves 100%. Uh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else who is remotely exciting. C.J. Crone, he was you know a, a potentially good option, potentially, and he already signed an extension with the uh, – was he with the Rockies? Uh, yeah, he signed an extension with the Rockies. So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would volunteer to continue playing for the Colorado Rockies, but I, apparently he wants to do that. So Greg Birdland. Yeah, Greg Birdland. Just keeping Greg Bird off the roster. That's really what he was doing when he signed that extension. Pretty much. Whatever it takes, let's make sure Greg Bird never plays in Major League Baseball again. And just trying to kill his Colorado Rockies Hall of Fame candidacy. I know. Yeah, I mean, the first base market is pretty dry in general. So I think if the Yankees are serious about becoming, obviously, Anthony Rizzo is not younger. Luke Voigt is younger but more athletic and stronger defensively, especially, I mean, especially this year, like that was a huge thing because Labor Torres was all over the place. Gio Urshela was also all over the place when it came to their throws and defense. So Gio's another really, guy who might be on the move. <laughs> if, it really, if we really do get a helps to have that solid defensive first baseman for whatever happens. If someone gets a case of the yips just shortly. You know what? I don't care. Anthony Rizzo, I have all the faith in the world in him. He'll scoop it. He'll scoop it. It's fine. He'll scoop everything. Yeah, Gio Rochelle, yeah. that's that's going to be a tough pill to swallow this offseason because mm-hmm. if we do get a shortstop, then Glaber Torres is the second baseman, everyday second baseman. They're not going to give up on Glaber Torres yet. You just signed DJ LeMayhew to the six-year deal. He's mm-hmm. going to play somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. You're not going to you know, have him be the super utility guy for what is he getting, like $20 million a year? Something yeah, like that. Right yeah. You're not going to have him be the super utility guy for that. You're going to have him at third base and Gio Rochelle is either going to become a bench piece or he's going to get the short end of the stick and end up on a trade. Maybe Gio Rochelle and Luke Voigt both get traded somewhere together. Mm-hmm. That's that one's going to hurt. That one's going to hurt. That's especially going to hurt, especially because that man risked his life to get the Yankees to the playoffs. Oh yeah. You know? and we have so many fond memories of Gio Rochelle. Cause that was that, 2019 for all the injury concerns that we went through and all the the superstars that we had just riding the bench because they couldn't play. That was a fun year with, you know, Cameron Mabin, Mike Talkman, all these guys coming absolutely nowhere. And you're like, where, why is Gio Urshela good? He was never good. He was never good. He wasn't good with Toronto. He wasn't good with Cleveland. Why did we just get him? And all of a sudden he's a superstar. I love it. I love it. It just, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. (laughs) And yeah. that's, you know, that's the last link I think we have to that, that very fun replacement player era. I don't think there's anyone else on the roster who you're going to look at and be like, not really now that was magical when yeah. we got him. No, we're going to have expectations for everyone now. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I agree. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think, you know, bullpen, we'll figure that out as it goes. Uh, starting pitching. I'd like Garrett Cole to figure out the no foreign substance thing this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, I, I think he will. I think he's talented enough to, and he's going to be, oh, yeah, for sure. I think he'll be better next year than he was this year. Um, just because, you know, trying to make that adjustment mid season is probably really tough. And down the stretch in September, he was clearly injured. And in the wild card game, he was clearly injured. Uh, so hopefully he's not injured when he comes back next year. Depth wise right. for starting pitching, you know, there's still a lot of question marks. Uh, Jameson Tyler yeah. going to be coming back later in the season because he just had surgery. Luis Severino. Are we finally going to get Luis Severino back? Finally. Or are we going to have another spring training injury for him? I hope not. I, I hope we finally get him back. I'm looking forward to a nice bounce back year or not bounce back. Just a nice continually progressive year from Jordan Montgomery. I think he gets even better next year. Really excited about that. Uh, what, what would you say the odds are the Yankees bring back Corey Kluber? Do you think there's any chance? Because he was good. He was hurt for know, most of the year, I, but when I he was enjoyed, there, he was good. Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching him and just seeing him kind of refigure things out because he really seemed a little lost when he first got back mm-hmm. out there. You know, he was injured. He was coming back. Um, I really liked what I saw from him. I feel like that would be a really, really good fifth starter option as, a, as like a one-year deal um, until they can get some of the younger guys figured out. Yeah. Because you want to figure out what you want to do with Luis Heal. 
because he was starting bullpen starting, you know, he was a little bit of both. Um, you've also got Jamison Tyone who honestly don't know when he's going to be back. He literally just had surgery and our boy I don't Nestor. Know right. That's true too. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that's but, down the, down the stretch, you know, when players do get injured, I feel mm-hmm. very good about the starting pitchers that the Yankees have to kind yeah. of oh, to yeah. fill in those gaps uh, with Luis Hill. Maybe Luis Medina gets a good shot this mm-hmm. year. Uh, maybe he figures out his control first and the min- then maybe he gets a good yeah. shot. Uh, Nestor Cortez who can, you know, he can throw two innings out of the bullpen for you if you need, or he can give you five innings as a starter. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's going to be great again next year and just kind of that, that versatile role where it's like, what do we need from you today, Nestor? And he's like, okay, I'll do Honestly, that. Honestly, though, I mean, if you you could easily sign Corey Kluber to a one-year deal and be under the stipulation of, yeah, you're going to throw three innings, like give it your all for three innings, almost kind of like a, you know, um, oh my gosh, I, I don't Maybe kind of do like a, like a permanent piggyback between Corey right. Kluber and Nestor Cortez Jr. Right, or... Right. Exactly. I mean, you could easily do that. I mean, especially with Corey, because you're not really sure what his status is going to be injury wise, how he's going to be feeling. He's older. You know, it's just a different circumstance. You could do that. Yeah, I would and be. Would I'm excited. Be I'm excited to see what kind of contract Corey Kluber can can wrangle himself up this year, because yeah. he was really he good. It. Yeah, he was really good. And we spent eleven million dollars on him for one year. Mm-hmm after he hadn't pitched at all. So now teams have seen him pitch again. And now, I don't know, what's the competition level going to be like? What what are the teams that are even in the market for Corey Kluber? Maybe the Boston Red Sox. Maybe the Boston Red Sox, because they need some starting pitching. They could take a chance on Corey Kluber. You don't know. Um, you know or you that, could easily, uh, you know, sign him, have a team sign him that basically has the majority of their starters right now as, as younger guys, have him serve as kind of that, like, veteran presence again yeah um you know fourth and fifth starter something like that i feel like he could certainly get money for that i would love to see him in like the yankees probably i don't let's let's call him the third starter let's put him above jordan montgomery just skill wise i think you know a perfect situation to get Corey kluber is like like someone like the padres where mm-hmm. you've got your starting rotation pretty much figured out you could use a little bit of depth Mm-hmm. Corey Kluber, I, maybe that's not a perfect example because they have five solid starters. Corey Kluber's not going to go somewhere right. where he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen. Um, the right. Red Sox, I, I like I like the Red Sox for him because they do need starting pitching. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be on a competitive team. They're going to mm-hmm. pay him pretty well. It's a pretty good matchup for him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Blue Jays are another team that I could see yeah, being thinking, interested honestly, in Toronto. him. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. The AL East is... It's going to be tough again next year. It's going to be a tough division. <laughs> Always is. Why can't we be in another division? That's yeah. the real why, why can't we be somewhere else? And uh, I didn't think it was going to be better for baseball. Yeah. I, honestly, the Blue Jays were better than the Yankees this year. They were mm-hmm. better. And the Red yeah. Sox were probably better than the Yankees too this year. Going into the season next year, if we don't get like a Carlos Correa and re-sign Anthony Rizzo, we get him for a full year and I might put the Blue Jays above us again. It depends on what happens with their pitching. Robbie Ray is a free agent. Steve right. Matz is a free agent. Hyunjin Ryu mm-hmm. wasn't that good this year. You know, if they lock up the pitching and they get Marcus Simeon back, they might be better than the Yankees. They might be better. The Yankees might be sitting in fourth place again. <laughs> Great. Yeah, 90 win team, fourth place. Unbelievable. Four teams in our division won 90 games. Four teams. And then there was the Baltimore Orioles. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, you got anything else Yankees wise, MLB wise, also shout out to the Braves proving that the playoffs are once again, just a, a big crap shoot and none of the three series they played were the Braves, the better team, but they won all three yep. of them and good for Freddie Freeman. Good for Freddie yep. Freeman. I like Freddie Freeman. Wind and I think they just, they were in it for the right reasons. Okay. Yeah. In it for the right reason. The America's team, America's team, the underdogs and they beat the Houston Astros. Yeah, they and I, I also loved the Carlos Correa post-game press conference. It wasn't quite Garrett Cole showing up in a Scott Boris company hat, but it was mm-hmm. very much like, mm-hmm. we out of here. We out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yes, I have a couple of quick updates. Um. I'm going to call this uh, segment the WAG Gab. Yes. Um, and I just give you guys updates real I quick. I love it. I love it. Is this so about Kaylee? What? Is this about Kaylee? 
there is a part about Kaylee. Yes. I mean, as you know, I just, I love Kaylee. I love Kaylee and Clint together. I think they're perfect. But they're, they're awesome. Good for Clint for marrying a doctor. <laughs> so first and foremost, two Yankees got engaged. Uh, Aaron Hicks got engaged to Tiger Woods' niece. Saw that. Um, Cheyenne, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. And Gio Urshela got engaged to his girlfriend, uh, Donna Delgado. Good for Gio. Her. Yeah. So good for them. You know, they both got rings this off season. So let's get one during the regular season just to make it a little bit sweeter. Um, And then the other thing is that Kaylee, in case you guys don't know, is Clint Frazier's fiance. Um, She is actually like went back to school to be like a dietitian. So she's a nurse, but she went back to be a dietitian. And she was um, I thought she was a doctor. No, no, I believe she's she might be a PA. So Yep. Yep. So she basically works in a pediatrician's office, but she is uh, developing her own cookbooks um, and basically was saying that like this offseason, she's been working with Clint and while he's been hurt about doing like an anti-inflammatory diet and stuff like that. And apparently he's in the best shape he's ever been. So good for her. Don't mind that at all. Can this, is this cookbook going to help me get in shape? Yeah, we'll have to invest in those books, see what she has to say, but awesome for her. So the WAGs are doing great. They're doing awesome. And then Amy Cole is just the most gorgeous human being I've ever seen. Like, I wish. Yeah, I of her. course. Yeah. Uh, they did Jim and Pam perfect. for Halloween. Yeah, perfect. Yep. Yep. They really, exactly. they really looked like, first of all, Amy Cole was just, she's was way too good looking to be Pam Beasley, just way too oh, yeah. good looking. But oh, yeah. Garrett Cole looks like Jim Halpert. <laughs> he very much and looked like Jim Halpert. son looked like Dwight. To a T. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. It was perfect. That was Honestly, absolutely fantastic. I don't think I saw any other Yankees costumes, though, this year. Like, I really didn't see any. So, I don't think so either. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what it's going to be, but we have to name a segment Kaylee's Cookbook. I don't know. I don't know what the segment's going to be. I, I got to figure out a, a stat or a storyline that fits with the cookbook pun, but. Kaylee's cookbook. That's just, it's too good of a name to not have a segment attached to it. Maybe what we do is we call the WAGS section, the Kaylee's cookbook. There you go. Perfect. See what they're cooking up. Yeah. What are they cooking? I love it. There it is. Slap it on t-shirt. And I think the other thing too is um, I'm back on Yankees and MLB TikTok now. And I posted a TikTok the other day. Um, just basically like saying what your favorite baseball player says about you. And I like made this whole list and stuff like that. The comments that people were posting on there. It actually got, you didn't see it. You'll have to look at it. I, it I don't about, know. I don't remember if I saw this one or maybe I'm thinking of a different one that you posted. It has 9,000 likes. Oh, I didn't I, see this one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to watch it after it's a, it's a lengthy one, but um, so I am trying to be as funny as possible um, about baseball and the offseason to help cure my postseason depression. Yeah, the queen of Yankees TikTok. Oh, yeah. Fifty one thousand views or yeah, 50, let's say 50,000 views. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Seven hundred and fifty comments. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have to make a part two because um, it was so much fun to make because I got to make fun of some players. Yeah. Fantastic. The queen of Yankees, TikTok and MLB TikTok. Let's just put it, put it on MLB. TikTok. And I'll definitely do a TikTok for what each uh, player should be thankful for this season. AKA Brett Gardner should be super thankful for the Yankees strength and conditioning team because they suck so badly that they allowed him to play all year long. It's the worst. Like we went out, we got a new one. We got a new strength. We got Eric Cressy. We got the guy who's Rachel, get Rachel in here. Yes, Rachel. I was actually shocked to see how many people wanted Rachel to be the new hitting coach. I wasn't complaining. I wasn't complaining well, one bit. You know, quite honestly, they certainly um, studied up on her after they kind of heard her name. So everyone mm-hmm. kind of took some looks and they were like, actually, I see what you're saying. Not a bad idea at all. So yeah, good. still my, my favorite interview that we've done. Like when people ask, oh, like who's you know, do you interview any cool people? And and I interviewed Hideki Matsui. That was for a written yeah. piece. And I yes, still I like you texted me and you wanted questions. James yeah. wanted questions from me. That was a fun one. But and and I, yeah. you know, briefly interviewed Dellen Batanzas and chopped it up with CC Sabathia. And still like the coolest person yeah. I've ever met is Rachel Balkovich. 
And she is, oh, yeah, for she sure. is like the story behind the way that she got to where she is, is it's so incredible. And it's just being a woman in sports. It really made me like, wow, like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. So it was super awesome. I would, I would make her the president of baseball operations tomorrow for any team. If only for the fact that she does not own a television. Because to be the type of person who doesn't own a television in the year 2021, that takes a level of dedication that you, no matter what you do, you are going to succeed. That's the level of dedication you have. So I would, I would let Rachel Balkovich do literally anything, any job she wants. If she wanted to be the Yankees hitting coach, if they wanted her to be the Yankees hitting coach, sign me up. I'm good to go. I have full confidence in her. She probably won't be. They're actually, they're circling a guy from Boston right now. I forgot his name. Um, I'll have to look it up later. Um, but a guy from Boston that Max said is specifically the reason that Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers turned their offenses around. So yes, I we'll see. That, yeah. We'll see. Um, that's that's all I got. You know, all long off season begins. Too. Long off season begins. Well, it kind of begun for us like three weeks ago, partly. Yeah, it happened a long time ago, and you know what? I'm still not used to it, and I'm still not enjoying it. Yeah, still not, still not a fan. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. We'll line up some interviews. I got some good interviews ideas, so keep checking back every week, and I'll have some some new interview ideas. Maybe we get Rachel to come back on. Maybe we convince her to come back on. But knowing her, she's probably like going down to the DR to work with Lightum again, and just like or work with the mini all day long. Yeah, just yeah, just working, just working. Um, yeah, we'll we'll shoot her a message. We'll see what's up. Um, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this week then. Awesome. See ya. <sighs> Baseball depression. <laughs>